Hello, friends. Welcome to another edition of the Inside BS interview series. Today, we are talking to a fantastic entrepreneur named Lisa Larder. Lisa helps businesses navigate modern entrepreneurship so that they can increase sales and profit. Now, if you're wondering what the heck that means, it means everything from business strategy, understanding your numbers, and measuring what matters, to online marketing, social media, and the best way to turn connections into paying customers. Lisa has met with Oprah. She's helped Deepak Chopra navigate Facebook. She's been chosen as a speaker a number of times for the E-Woman Network International Conference and Business Expo. She's in the process of finishing up her first book, Pilot to Profit, Navigating Modern Entrepreneurship to Build Your Business Using Online Marketing, Social Media, and Content Marketing. And she also hosts the annual Ottawa Business Conference, Money Mindset and Marketing. Lisa is a fantastic entrepreneur, and I can't wait for you to get the advice she shares in this interview. So without any more fanfare, sit back and relax and enjoy my interview with Lisa Larder. All right, folks, welcome to our Inside BS interview series today. I'm Dave Lorenzo, and it is my honor to have the great Lisa Larder with me. And I gave you her intro uh, previously. You listened to that just a minute ago. But I'd like to have you, Lisa, do us a favor and tell us about yourself and how you got into business for yourself in the first place, because I think your story will be not only inspiring, but it's really helpful to a lot of people who are with us today. Gee, that's a big question. So do you want the very, 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 very first business or do you want this business? Well, <laughs> you know, I think business or my childhood business. <laughs> so tell us, tell us first why you decided to become an entrepreneur. And then I think helping us understand your current business will also help us with what's going on in the world today. Right. Because a lot of people today where we're recording this, if you're listening a year from now, uh, the world may look very different. But we're recording this during like coronavirus time. Right. So a lot of people are choosing to work from their homes. Some people have to work from their homes. Tell us about your first business, why you became an entrepreneur and then maybe transition into what you're doing now and why that's a good thing for us to learn. Why it's good for us to learn from you in this era. Sure. So I think I. I I had the entrepreneurial calling when I was a teenager and I had that entrepreneurial calling because my mom was a single parent and we didn't have a lot of money. And I knew if I wanted to have the things that I wanted in life, it was going to be up to me to generate the income to make that happen. And so at the age of 12, I learned that I could do that. And I would say that I am a natural born salesperson. I am someone who finds it very easy to have conversations with people who are looking to buy something. And so I grew up working in various retail environments and always, always, always aspired to own my own business. So after helping ClearNet slash TELUS build their wireless distribution channel across Canada between uh, 2000, no, 1997 and 2006, I decided to leave it open my own bricks and mortar retail business in the wireless industry. And I became an independent dealer. And I did that because I wanted the freedom to build something of my own. 
And that was 2006. So I opened this bricks and mortar retail business and Blackberry is still a thing back then. And we get this marketing material that's got the newest Blackberry on it. And there's the F word right in the middle of the screen. And I'm like, what the heck is Facebook doing on the front of a Blackberry? <laughs> and so I decided that I needed to learn what this new world of social media and online marketing was if I was going to be selling technology that you know was was leading with social media. And that led to me talking about social media and online marketing and blogging and newsletters at various networking groups that I would go to. And one day someone tapped me on the shoulder and she said, if you would teach us what you know about marketing and building a business, we would pay you. And that was a little bit of an aha moment for me because I didn't, I didn't, you know, it's like you're a fish in water. You don't know that what you know is valuable to other people. And so I went to a luncheon that afternoon and there were 20 people at the luncheon. And I said, I was going to hold a workshop and 50% of the room gave me money. I didn't have an order form. I didn't have a sales page. I didn't have a website for it. I didn't have a course outline. And so I realized that there was an opportunity there for me to share what I knew and, and make a difference. And within a year, I became an absentee business owner in my bricks and mortar business. And the year after that, I sold that business so that I could focus completely on the one that I have today. Wow, that's such a great story. Okay, so um, I have I have a, uh, about a half dozen questions as it relates to to that, but I think there there's a couple of things I want to highlight based on what you said. So, the uh, describe the feeling when ten people out of that room came up to you and said, "Who do I make the check out to?" How did you feel in that moment? Elated, like I was so excited. I was so I I didn't have it all figured out, but I was just thrilled that it was that easy. And so I think that's the thing when it's the right person who wants to do business with you, it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. So I relate that when I tell a story, I tell a similar story to that when I'm, when I'm speaking to people, to groups and I relate that to doing comedy and getting, getting a laugh when you're up on stage, you know, or for golfers, like hitting one good shot, Right. Mm -hmm. So the thing that keeps a golfer coming back is not that he or she is going to is going to shoot, you know, three or four strokes over par. It's that one good shot. And you're like, if I can do this this time, I can do it every time. And yeah. when you're doing comedy and you're up on stage and you get a big laugh, people, you know, you think to yourself, if I can do it that time, I can do it all the time. So that experience that you had for me when I did that and people actually gave me money for something that I created between my ears, I was like, well, if I can do this now, I can do this all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. just such a huge aha moment. And I want to make sure that the people who are watching and listening when you do this and you recognize that Lisa's analogy of the fish being in water, you don't, you know, the fish being in water doesn't realize what a great swimmer he is. Right. So that moment when you recognize that and you figure out that you can make money from something you're passionate about is a big, big deal. So Lisa, mm -hmm. tell us how you transition from, from uh, that first moment to what you're doing today. Now. One customer at a time. 
So I started doing these workshops and then somebody else tapped me on the shoulder and said, you need to stop selling your time by the hour. You should only be offering, you know, half day, full day services to work with you. I put together a half day, full day option. I showed it to someone, asked them what they thought. They told me I should be charging half that if I wanted any, to get any business in this town. I told them that if I had to charge half that, I wasn't doing it. And I went and I saw a lead that afternoon who was very interested in working with me. She was a marketing director at a shopping center and she bought the full day and said she only had one question when they were done with the first eight hours, could they buy more? <laughs> and that first customer really led me on a journey because if you listen to what people ask you for, it's easy to determine what the next offering should be. So I really started out teaching people the tactical side of how to use social media marketing to attract customers to their business. And that marketing director said to me one day, you're just so good at it. I wish you could do it for me. And so I went away and I thought about it and I thought, well, I could do it for you. That would be easy. It's easy for me to do this. And so I went back and I remember I put together these packages, $1,500, $2,500 or $5,000 per month for us to do this or for me to do this for her. And she bought. And when I came home, my husband said to me, what'd she buy? The lowest one? I'm like, no, she bought the biggest one. And that you know, that was before I even knew who Alan Weiss was. I've always mm. sold options because in retail, it's a witch clothes. Which do you prefer, right? And um, that started me down the path of, you know, working with more shopping centers and working with other types of entrepreneurs. And eventually I couldn't do it all. I had to hire a team to help me. And so it's really been figuring out what you're good at and figuring out what your buyer needs next and figuring out how to deliver that. Okay. So today, what is your, what does your business look like today? How do you, um, break, break it down for us, how you, how you view your business and what your revenue streams are and, um, you know, each one of them, how did you select it? I'm assuming because clients pulled you in that direction, right? Yeah. So there's a few things I, I look at my business and I almost look at it through two lenses. One is the, the Lisa Larder side of the business and the other is the implementation services side of the business. So um, there is a revenue stream that is tied to Lisa and Lisa's leadership and Lisa's thought leadership. And that includes coaching. It includes strategy. I lead a book club that's called Thought Readers. I've led it. I'm in my third year now. People pay anywhere from $1,000 to $2,000 a year to be part of that book club. We've got 70 some members I'm reading anyways, and I'm making six figures reading with them. Yeah. Um, I have the other side. Of, so the, the first thing that I do on the Lisa Larder side, that's the most important piece is strategy. And I develop a marketing roadmap that helps business owners understand how marketing needs to integrate with reaching their business goals and objectives. People often treat marketing like it's this separate thing and it should drive sales. And so I create a marketing roadmap to show people how to do that. And then I let them know how they can work with our team on the other side of the business, which is the implementation side of the business. And I would say 95% of people that go through the marketing roadmap experience with me end up 
hiring our team to do the implementation. So on the implementation side, it's really like a full agency service model. We do website designs, we do website development, we do automation, we do social media management, we do content marketing, newsletter marketing, uh, campaigns, copywriting, print marketing, you name it, we pretty much can provide that service. And I think about 60% of our revenues come from that side of the business and about 40% come from the Lisa side of the business. So that begs the question, why, uh, why do you continue to do the, the Lisa side if the other side is so successful? Uh, that's a great question. And this year I've actually made a lot of changes. So last year I had a group coaching program I ran a big event for, you know, hundred anywhere from 150 to 400 people. I had workshops that I was doing and I eliminated a whole bunch of programs that were related to the Lisa side of the business. And now I only offer really strategy, coaching and advisement. I've doubled my prices on my coaching services and the strategy piece feeds into the other side of the business. So the strategy piece makes a lot of sense because it's what leads to this other side of the business. And on the other side of the, the coin, I like some of the coaching and advisory work that I do because I enjoy the interactions with those clients. I am trying to reduce the amount of time that I do that because the implementation side of the business has grown so much that I really feel... Uh, the need for my leadership on that side of the business to ensure that our systems are good, that our people are doing what they need to do, and that they really understand the vision that I have for each of our clients. So is your team, uh, well, before, before COVID-19, before coronavirus, was your team virtual? I'm, I'm assuming they're virtual now. Were they virtual before? Yeah, we've been virtual since the very beginning. Okay. And how do you go about deciding um, who becomes a member of your team? What's your, what's your recruiting process look like? How do, you, how do you go through all that? And are all these people like 100% full-time yours? Do you use some contractors? How do, how does, how does your, what's the composition of your team? I, use, I have employees and I have independent contractors. And I have a leadership team. So I have a, a woman on my team who's worked with me for almost a decade now, if not just over a decade. I call her my chief of everything because she knows everything that needs to be done in the business. I have a done-for-you manager who manages all of our implementation work. So she liaises with our clients and, and supports the team that does all of that work. I have a project manager who manages the project work that we do. So for me, a project is something that has a beginning and an end, like a website. Mm -hmm. And ongoing marketing is managed by the, the done-for-you marketing uh, manager. In addition to that, I have a copywriting uh, manager. She does most of our content management, our copywriting, and she helps me with the development of our marketing roadmaps. Mm. So you know, those women, they're all women, are very key to the the work that we do in helping me stay organized and helping everything work and then you know i've got a handful of other employees that do implementation work i have some subcontractors that do implementation work um, 
I've got a bunch of different designers and developers that we work on projects with. Uh, and I don't know how I find these people. A lot of them I find, you know, I've worked with them before. So my COE used to work for me, work, work for me at uh, TELUS when I worked for the wireless company. And so I recruited her. Um, the woman who's my project manager was a client and now she works for me. Uh, the woman who was a copywriter was a client and now she works for me. So, you know, there's a lot of relationship building in the team mm -hmm. and a lot of depth. We keep the people that work for us for a long time. Yeah. Interesting. Really interesting. Do you, what do you do for lead generation yourself? Do you still speak? I know you, you used to, you used to speak quite a bit, right? No? I speak a handful of times per year if it's okay. the right audience. I, can, I get paid to speak too. So if it's the right audience, I will speak for free. If it's not the right audience, I will speak for a fee. Uh, I have no shortage of leads. Right. I would say that 95% of the business is word of mouth. It's referral based. So people, somebody will tell somebody about me. And they'll have a conversation with me. They will creep me online. They'll read my blog. They'll check out my social media. And they end up being a client. But I, I literally, I likely receive two to three referrals a week in my business wow. regularly. Good I for you. Fantastic. I do not do any outbound prospecting. I don't do any cold calls, any door knocking. I really believe in building the relationship based on uh, your thought leadership or, and the relationships that you build with people. Sure. Sure. Okay, great. I thank uh, Thanks for uh, letting us know about that. What did you do before you had all this thought leadership and the base of clients to refer you? Were you, you know, was there, was there a way that you had to kind of, um, you know, stir the pot to get leads to surface at any point? Most of that was done through speaking and networking. Uh, I have spoke, I, I used to do a lot more speaking. I used to speak at a lot of big events. I used to go to a lot of big events so that I could meet people. I found that over the years, I call it a, there's a continuum of trust and there's a glass ceiling in that continuum where a buyer will only spend so much money until they've met you. And so I used to go out and interact with people in person a lot because I really needed to uh, meet people face to face if I was going to get bigger sales opportunities in the business. But as the years have gone on and my content has grown and my reputation has grown and my client base has grown, it has become less and less necessary for me to do that. And that ceiling is significantly higher now than it once was. It used to be that I couldn't close a sale that was more than $5,000 if I hadn't met you in person. Now it's likely 10 times that. Yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Okay, so with us today uh, as our audience, we have a lot of professionals. Mm -hmm. And professionals, particularly attorneys, are always getting hit up for the latest online shiny object, right? And you are a true expert. So people who are listening, this is real advice you're going to get now. When it comes to online shiny objects, give us the scoop on 
what works, what doesn't work, what requires a big budget, what can be done with a, uh, you know, an entry level budget and then scaled up. What's the ROI on some of this stuff? So pretend we know nothing and we're coming to you and we're going, Lisa, it's a pandemic. I can't go out and find people anymore. What do I do? Well, the answer to that isn't very sexy. It's, it depends. <laughs> and it really depends on the type of business you offer, the type of product or service that you have available to your buyers and where your buyers hang out. So I'm going to tell you the story of two different consultants that have reached out to me uh, during this pandemic. One consultant reached out to me and they wanted our help in terms of taking this uh, program, this training program that they offered inside of uh, large corporations and turning it into a digital offering. And they wanted to get it done as fast as possible because they realized that they needed to be able to pivot and provide the services to their clients uh, in a new format. And this other person who reached out to me wanted to redo their website and it was gonna take a while to redo their website and they actually said to me, I, when it came to doing something online from a digital perspective, I think that ship sailed. I think we're probably going to get back to normal soon. They also had an in-person business. And so I think that, first of all, it depends on the type of business that you have. It depends on who your buyers are. And it depends on how you embrace technology. So if you think it's not going to work, guess what? It's not going to work. When people come to you like, oh, the ROI, I'll never get the ROI of social media. I'm like, okay, you'll never get the ROI of social media. But you realize your buyer's creeping you anyway. So do you realize how many people are not reaching out to you because your profile photo on LinkedIn is still 1980s and your about summary on LinkedIn doesn't speak to what you do? People don't realize the money they're losing by not building their reputation up online. Now, I'm gonna swing to another direction. There's a well-known internet marketer out there that a lot of people love named Gary Vaynerchuk. And Gary Vaynerchuk will tell you, you need to be everywhere. You need to do everything. And I think that is completely wrong. I am a subscriber of the double down of what works. If you are building a deck, you need deck posts to hold your deck up. You do not put a little bit of energy into each deck post hole and move from one to the next. You dig one hole really deep and then you move and you dig the next hole. And I think that your marketing strategy online needs to be the same. So you need to actually use your brain. You need to ask yourself, where do my buyers hang out? And if you don't know where they hang out, go look. Go look at who your five biggest clients are and see, are they on Facebook? Are they on LinkedIn? Are they on Twitter? Are they on Instagram? They're likely not on Snapchat. They're likely not on TikTok. So you need to do a little bit of work to figure out where they are and then figure out how can you intersect your content, your thought leadership, your relationship with where they hang out and then go do that. And once you get really good at it in that one space, go find another space. But the people that try to do everything in one go without any purposeful strategy, without any consideration of how it's going to work are going to fail. And they're the people that say, oh, I tried social media and there was no ROI. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's fantastic advice. That's great advice. 
So let's talk a little bit about um, everybody who wants the uh, pill they can take overnight to make them smart, uh, sexy, thin, <laughs> and rich, right? Um, so somebody comes to you and they say, Lisa, I've heard all about online advertising. What can we do with online advertising to get business in the door tomorrow? Is your strategy still, well, first you got to build the content because if you're driving people to uh, an online property, they're going to need to see that content. How do you advise people who, you know, they, they have a budget, they have a reasonable budget, and they want the shiny pill, the pill, the shiny object, whatever you want to call it. How, what's your advice to those folks? Well, my advice is that if you don't have a foundation to start with and you want to buy the magic pill, you're probably wasting your money. So it's, it's no different than building a house. If you don't have a foundation to build on, you need to build the foundation first. Otherwise, your house is going to fall apart. And if you have not paid attention to what's been going on in the world the last 15 years with online marketing, and you have no website, and you have no presence, and you think that you can just turn some paid ads on and have a magic funnel that spits out money, you're sadly mistaken. You missed that wave of easiness. It was over a decade ago. It's a lot more complicated to do now. And so, you know, I just told you, I get an average of three leads per week. That is a business that is 12 years old. If you want to create that type of uh, ROI in your business, you need to be in it for the long game. I don't think there is a magic pill. I do think that once you have some experience under your belt and you have built up uh, a network and you've built relationships with people, that there are things that you can do to easily test the waters without investing a lot of money, but you need the foundation to be able to do that. I can generate uh, anywhere from fifty dollars to $100,000 off of a Facebook post. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. I can put a post on Facebook and say, I'm thinking about hosting a high-end event for 10 people at a beach house in Florida, and we're going to do A, B, C, D, E. Who wants to join me? Send me a message privately, and I will sell that out within 48 hours without a sales page. Again, but the only reason I can do that is because I've built solid relationships with people. So I don't think there is a magic pill or a substitute for the hard work and effort it takes to build something. Yeah, no, again, terrific advice. And I tell people all the time, the best time to uh, start getting people's names and information together and getting them on your list and communicating with them, delivering value to them, the best time to do that was when you started. The second best time is today. Right. Exactly. So there's never there's never a bad time to start connecting with people and delivering value first. Let's talk a little bit about uh, new frontiers and exciting new things that are that are happening. You know, you mentioned like 12 years ago, you could write blog posts every day. And within 90 days or maybe 120 days, people would find your website and people would start interacting with you and you could make an offer of a free uh, report or some type of giveaway. Somebody would opt in and then you could pitch them. And that was a good business model 12 yeah. years ago. Mm -hmm. But now you put up a website and you're lucky, you know, if Google finds you in uh, five, six months, and then even if Google finds you, nobody else is going to find you unless you dominate. 
But there are new frontiers, right? There's content you can put on Medium. There's content you can put on LinkedIn. There's, uh, you know, you mentioned Facebook, creating a Facebook group and attracting people. What are you excited about in terms of new frontiers for um, sole practitioners, business owners, professionals to go out and uh, use that as a content distribution strategy for thought leadership? Hmm, that's a great question. I'm not a big fan of uh, putting my content on places like Medium. I personally have found that keeping uh, the ownership of my content on my website and then distributing it through uh, places like repurposing it through other places has worked more effectively for me. For me. Uh, I think that the new frontiers that we are going to see really have to do with some of what you and I are doing today. It's really about getting comfortable using live stream technology. It, you know, there's a lot of people that don't like what they look like. They want the magic pill so that they are, you know, 20 pounds lighter and 10 times better looking and, and all that stuff. And I think that personalization and relationship building is really the next frontier. And I think that you're gonna, you, you can do that effectively using live stream technology, but most people are afraid to do it. Most people, it's, it's like the people that didn't blog 12 years ago and now they're thinking, hey, maybe I should write a blog, but the marketplace is already saturated. So the vast majority of people, a lot of people are using Zoom now because of COVID-19, but the vast majority of people have never done a live stream they don't know how to log on to Zoom webinar and live stream into Facebook as an example. They don't mm -hmm. know how to do a Facebook Live. They've never signed up for LinkedIn Live. And so I think that utilizing technology to allow people to see your personality live is, is going to be important. But I also think personalization of communication is going to be important. We are buying into automation and AI too heavily. That's my mm. belief. And so I believe that we are actually going to uh, make a sharp right turn and come back towards more personalized conversations, more uh, personalized messaging via an inbox versus a bot that is programmed to answer things a certain way. I think that uh, we've almost gone too far on the automation and AI side and people don't like it. So I really do believe that those people who double down on the relationship and they are credible in what they do, but they're also invested and interested in people are the ones that will win out. And that's not really a, um, that, that's not really an exciting new frontier. To me, it's just common sense. Treat people well, do good work, and you can grow and build your business, but you can't be invisible. You need to be highly visible if you want people to find you. And being highly visible allows people to vet that you are someone they might want to do business with. Perfect. Again, I love the advice. It's great. All right. Now let's talk a little bit about um, your lifestyle. I want you to inspire us, right? So I've seen, I think I've seen on Facebook uh, posts of you with your dogs. I just became a dog person uh, myself. Actually, this week we got two puppies. So, nice, um, kind. Uh, oh what my goodness. So, so we got them from a rescue there. There, they were two out of a litter of 11 and they're uh, American Bulldog and Terrier Mix. 
Um, and we were going to take just one on uh, in the middle of this month. It was going to be six weeks. And the mom, because it was a litter of 11, had had enough. And she decided she didn't want to nurse anymore. In fact, she was grabbing the pups and like flinging them when they would come to nurse. So we went to the rescue to visit. We had picked out the dog when they were when they were just three, uh, two weeks old. And we went to the rescue to visit. And the woman who runs the rescue said, "I, I you know, we're we're starting to wean them early. They're they're eating food." And I have three boys that haven't been spoken for yet. If you know anyone who wants another boy. While we're looking at the dog we were going to take, my daughter, who's nine, wandered over and picked up another one of the puppies, and the puppy starts licking her. And my daughter was not a dog person to begin with. We were really, it was really my son and I. And all of a sudden, my daughter fell in love with the puppy she was holding. So short, long story even longer, we came home with two, and they were only four weeks old. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So they'll be, they'll be five weeks old tomorrow, and... Uh, I'm uh, I it's it's I, I'm working on like almost no sleep. I'm getting less sleep with the puppies than I got with my children. But um, it's it's Great. so far it's been fantastic. I mean, they even at that young age, they're just so happy when they see any of us like first thing in the morning or when they wake up. Um, so tell us about your dogs and tell us about I, I want you to tell people about the lifestyle your business has enabled for you. So you asked uh, if we worked virtually. And when I had the idea for this business, I remember sitting, it was actually here in Nova Scotia at our cottage. We were sitting by the ocean by the, on the Bay of Fundy. And I said to my husband, I want to start an online business. I want to generate $250,000 a year. I want to live by the ocean and I want to place someplace warm and sunny where we can spend our winters. And so my, my ideal dream was that I had a business that really was location independent. We could work from anywhere. And so that's essentially what we've created. We own a home in Naples, Florida. We bought that home almost 10 years ago now, I think. We built a home here in Nova Scotia on the water. Um, we just bought a carver in florida so my next goal is to be able to work from the boat oh, wow. um we've got two miniature wire hair dachshunds and they travel with us they're small enough to you know go in a bag and and come in the cabin when we fly and so you know we really have created a lifestyle where we can work from anywhere that there is an internet connection we were in europe for six weeks last year and while we were there i was still able to you know i was able to take time off, but I was still able to get caught up on business, you know, early in the morning and then enjoy, you know, being a tourist for the rest of the day. And that's, that to me is a, an amazing way to build a business. Okay. So let's close with this. The, give us the, the best advice you've got for somebody who is, I, I really, I've come to despise this word pivoting, right? Somebody who is, or also the new normal, somebody who has to make an adjustment now and their old business just doesn't work anymore, but they are listening to this or watching this and they, they're, they're curious, anxious, excited for what comes next. What's the best advice you can give to that person right now? Well, in 2008, when I was in Nova Scotia, sitting by the water with my husband and said that I wanted to create this type of business, we had just invested several hundred thousand dollars into a bricks and mortar business. And I wasn't even paying myself in that business yet. And so what I would say is that with everyone pivoting, 
right now, you have an opportunity to reimagine your business. Don't reimagine your business for tomorrow. Reimagine what you want your business to be like over the next two, three, five years and use the time that you have right now to start laying the foundation to create that business because change takes time. A big right turn takes time. Pivoting your business takes time. And if you don't give yourself a bit of time and grace to do it, it won't happen. But you won't accomplish anything if you don't actually sit down and reimagine what you would like your life and business to look like. We don't live to work. We work to live. So think about your life in conjunction with your business, not the other way around. All right. Great. And so how can we get more of Lisa or more of Lisa's team? Where, where can people go to find out about the book club, to look at your coaching offerings, to get you to do their, uh, their online marketing in whole or in part? How, how can we find you get more information? My website, lisalarder.com. L-I-S-A-L-A-R-T-E-R.com. Everything is there. If you look under programs, you'll see the book club. If you look under work with Lisa, you'll see that. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find. If you want to find me on social media, just type my name in. You'll see me. I'm there. (laughs) All right. So I hope that from our time together today, we've created a bunch of creepers out there, as you would call them, creeping (laughs) around, looking for you and looking to find your services and get help from you. Thanks for taking the time with us today. Everything you said is, uh, is, you know, Everything that you've shared with people today, hopefully they will take it and use it as a shortcut. What I tell people all the time is that the information that I share, they're basically, it's all shortcuts to getting to what you want from your business more quickly. It, it, we, what I do, what you do, we prevent people from making the mistakes that we made or that they could potentially make, and we help them get where they want to go faster. You could get there without Lisa's help, but why would you want to when we can fast forward the process by doing the things that Lisa's learned that work uh, perfectly? So reach out to Lisa, connect with her. Lisa, thank you for joining us. I really appreciate it. It was was a lot of fun. Thank you, Dave. It was great to be here.